0: Can you handle the truth? The informative voice for Christianity, The Marty Mento Show. Well, welcome back to The Marty Mento Show podcast. I'm your host, Marty Mento. Hey, this episode of the Marty Minto Show podcast goes out to Mr. Bob Waters and the gang at Penn Dog in Pennsylvania. They'll take care of the roads, you know. takes more than one man to do it, though. One guy has to hold the water. Another guy has to watch the clock. Then you have another guy with a shovel. Then another guy with the stuff that goes into the hole in the road. And then you have Bob with the Bible preaching. Yeah! Oh, I'll tell you right now, just joking, guys. I appreciate you listening to the Marty Minto Show podcast there at PennDOT when you're on your break or whatever the case may be at lunchtime. And uh, I know some would say you're on a break all the time. But anyways, uh, I do appreciate all that you do. But uh, I do know this much. Uh, all I have to do is just uh, listen and watch as I go back north. And I know when I hit Pennsylvania because you just constantly hear, ba-dump, 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 Uh, because you're just constantly hitting uh, some type of pothole somewhere. But I know it's not an easy job. But again, thank you uh, for all that you do at PennDOT, no doubt about it. Well, I'm excited for this edition of the Marty Minto Show podcast. A lot to talk about today. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this this morning as I was putting this all together. The truth of the matter is I spent so many years doing Christian talk radio, I can't deny it, I, I miss it a lot. Ah, uh, between two and three hours of a show uh, for many, many years, three hours. and uh, it's just uh, you know, so much to talk about out there in our world today. So many things to discuss. And uh, as we try to do always here on this program, uh, we have a threefold principle to learn, teach, and defend, to learn the Word of God so that we can teach other people and we can defend the truth as people begin to speak lies and teach lies. And again, in the last days, we're going to see this more than ever before in the visible church. By the way, I just want to mention this again. If you have not received uh, your tracks, Uh, Free tracks. Are you prepared to enter heaven? Uh, We still have some available. People have been ordering left and right. They're absolutely for free. I will mail them out to you and send them to you, a nice big stack for you to hand them out. But also, I just don't want you just to hand them out, but use them as a tool as you witness, as you bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who are lost. And I cannot tell you how passionate I am about this. This is a very, very important thing to me. I came up with this track, and I've been working on it for years, and it covers, again, four areas—God, Adam, uh, Jesus, and man— and I can tell you right now, it's some good stuff. Some, it's all biblical, scriptural, uh, tons of scripture, and uh, I really believe it will be a great tool in your hand. Some people have asked, hey, listen, can I support... Uh, You know, can I send you some money for the track, whatever the case may be? You don't have to, but if you'd like to, that's totally up to you. And uh, again, this is a ministry, uh, a ministry that is self-supported. And again, if you want to be a part of helping to, uh, you know, help this ministry out, if you go to anchor.fm, which is our mother platform for this podcast, there is an area where you can donate to this ministry and you can help us continue in the ministry, uh, I do my best to give things to people for free. I've been doing that for years. It just It's just who I am. I, I want to help. I want to get tools in the hands of my brothers and sisters in Christ to help them uh, become all that God wants them to be. And uh, again, so if you want to be a part of that, uh, go to anchor.fm, and you can see how you can uh, uh, support this ministry and be a part of it. But again, I love to send you the tracks, Uh, And I got some other things coming up here in the very near future that I'm going to offer, to to churches to help them out there, uh, you know, in many different, you know, areas and and ways. So we'll talk about that as as the time goes by. Well, uh, uh, it's—I don't know where you're at, but it's a beautiful day where I am broadcasting from, a secret location in the south— and it's uh, just gorgeous today. Uh blue sky sunshine. It's not too hot, not too cold. Uh right around probably 65 degrees and I know for some of you may go, I can't believe you said that. That's just that's just mean. That's nasty. Well, I know I I used to live in that stuff that some of you are going through, but I'm grateful I don't anymore. But you know what? Every day is a day that the Lord has made. Every day. Every day we are to give thanks and praise and yeah, for everything in life. God is good, and he's good all the time, and there's no doubt about it. There has been uh, many people out there who have been listening to the Marty Mento Show podcast, as I mentioned last time. We're way over 600 listens so far. We are excited, and that is in the first week. And uh, we want you to tell your friends, your loved ones, we want you to post it on your Facebook page, uh, retweet it on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Uh, Whatever the case may be, we want you to get the word out there. Uh, We really not only want to help the body of Christ, but we also want to reach those who are lost with the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And, uh, you know, it is a task in a world in which we live today. Multimedia has just really taken over every aspect of life, it seems like. And uh, some don't like it, some don't even use it. I know people that have completely laid it down. But I do believe um, it can be something that could be controlling. It could be something that becomes an idol in your life. But at the same time, i got to say this, it could also be a great tool, a tool that can be used uh, for God's glory uh, in sharing the gospel and helping other people and reaching people and praying with people and letting them know that you're thinking about them. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm just being honest with you. So I'm asking you to help us. We need your help. That's the bottom line. We need your help. To get the word out there and a lot of people talk about marketing and they talk about ways and means and and you know i just really believe the word of mouth just telling others and again you can see some of the titles if you've listened to each and every podcast so far you know what the content is about Maybe there is something that would be good for somebody out there that you work with, somebody who is a family member, a friend. I know that we had tons of listens on the confronting gay Christianity, which some would say it's an oxymoron, and I would agree, but the truth of the matter is that's what it's referred to. Uh, it's, it's, it's the gay movement within Christianity. Well, that doesn't even make sense to many, and, and I understand that. But the truth of the matter is there's many who call themselves gay Christians, but we have to truly go back to God's Word. We have to help people uh, who want to make these claims or labels for themselves. We have to help them to see what God says. About these issues. So there is a wonderful show, and I've told you before, if you have friends and loved ones and family members who are caught up in in homosexuality, the sin of homosexuality, I want to make that clear, then that would be a great podcast to listen to. We'll have many coming out in the future that will talk about that subject and many other things that are coming about. Well, again, um, if you have not been... um, On our Facebook page, The Marty Minto Show Podcast, I want to encourage you to stop by and uh, be a part of that. We're also on Twitter. We're also on uh, Instagram. And uh, I put as much as I can out there, and, and I get response quite a bit from folks out there. But here's one story that came out last week that I have not had a chance to talk about yet, but at the same time, it is one of those topics that seems like it won't go away and the reason why it won't go away is because the number of churches that fall into this category. I know in the last couple of years I have been blessed to be asked to come as a guest speaker sometimes in in what some would call revival, you know, come and do revival for, you know, 3 4 or 5 days and you bring a series of messages But um, probably about, I'd say about a year and a half, two years ago, I was burdened on my heart, and um, I just really sensed that God just burdened me, because I was seeing what was happening to the visible church, and it's still happening, and it's even greater than ever before. And I I met people that people would just say to me, Marty, you know, I, I really want my church to grow. I want our church to move forward, and it's going backwards, we're dying, we're losing people, things are happening, and and, uh, it's really bothersome to me, and could you help me? Well, uh, I put together a series of messages that I've spoken at a few churches, and um, they're not no hellfire brimstone messages, they are a teaching of God's Word to help people understand what the church is all about, and why there is so much problems today within the visible church. Well, just recently, there was an article in the Christian Post titled Majority of Churches in Decline or Flatlining. Nearly half see dip in giving, study says. And here it is. And listen to this this is coming out of um, Lifeway Research. The majority of churches have fewer than 100 people attending services each Sunday and have declined or nearly flatlined in membership growth according to a new study by Exponential, by LifeWay Research. The study, which was conducted to help churches better understand growth in the pews, showed that most Protestant churches are not doing well attracting new converts, reporting an average of less than one each month. The primary purpose of this study was to obtain a set of objective measures on churches' reproduction and multiplication behaviors today, as well as to understand their core context of growth. Todd Wilson, a chief executive officer of Exponential, said that in a release from Lifeway Research, by combining these measures, we can help churches think about multiplication. The study found that 6 in 10 Protestant churches have plateaued or declined in attendance in the past 12 months, and more than half saw fewer than 10 people become new Christians. Growth is not absent from American churches, but rapid growth through conversions is uncommon. According to Scott McConnell, executive director of LifeWay Research, he said in this release, about 8% of the 1,000 Protestant pastors pulled in the study had no new converts in the last 12 months. Commenting on the study uh, in a blog post this week, uh, Tom Rayner, CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources, said the study provides a very realistic picture of what is happening in American churches today. And it goes on, and it breaks it down and talks a little bit more about this. But I, I find this interesting, but it's really nothing new. I'm going to be honest with you. But I really just felt the the need today to talk about this and to discuss this. Matter of fact, it was uh, just a couple years ago that there was an article entitled, What is Going on with the Church in America? And in that article, listen to some of the things that uh, was reported, and this is about a year and a half ago or so. The United States Census Bureau records give some startling statistics backed up by denominational reports uh, and that of the Assemblies of God and U.S. Missions. Every year, more than 4,000 churches close their doors compared to just over 1,000 new church starts. Uh, There were about 4,500 new churches started between 1990 and 2000, with a 20-year average of nearly 1,000 a year. Every year, 2.7 million church members fall into inactivity. This translates into the realization that people are leaving the church. From the research, they have found that they are leaving as hurting and wounded victims of some kind of abuse, disillusionment, or just plain neglect. Uh, From 1990 to 2000, the combined membership of all Protestant denominations in the USA declined by almost 5 million members, that's 9.5%, while the U.S. population increased by 24 million, which is 11%. At the turn of the last century, the 1900s, there was a ratio of 27 churches per 10,000 people as compared to the close of the century 2000, which we have 11 churches per 10,000 people in America. What has happened? Uh, The United States now ranks third following China in India in the number of people who are not professing Christians. Did you hear that, folks? The United States now ranks third following China and India in the number of people who are not professing Christians. In other words, the U.S. is becoming an ever-increasing unreached people group. Half of all the churches in the United States in the last two years did not add any new members to their ranks. Can you imagine this? Now, if we're understanding this closely, uh, this is just staggering statistics. One last one. In another poll that was put together within the last two years, of the 250,000 Protestant churches in America, 200,000 of them are either stagnant, with no growth, or declining. Now, I want you to understand this, folks that's 80% of churches in America. Um that's mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. And there's other statistics and I don't just want to go on and just rant and about all these statistics, but people are asking the question, what's happening to the church? Well, well the thing that I realize over the years as I have pastored Uh, rehabilitation churches, churches that are struggling, some of them that are on the close or the precipice of being closed. I've done my best, and I can only speak from my own personal experience, to take them back to the Word of God. And I really believe down deep inside that that's what needs to happen. I, I do believe that there is plain evidence, there's plain examples right before us in Scripture of what the church is all about. I think what's happening in our culture today that there are too many people that are playing church instead of being the church. That's number one. Secondly, they don't understand what really what the church is all about, and that's why they play church. They don't understand what the word church, ecclesia, in the Greek, what it means, what it's all about. So you have all these people that are playing church, but they're not being the church. Uh, And this is something that really bothers me. Um, Not too long ago, I I guess I don't want to necessarily hang my hat on this, but uh, I was actually asked to leave a church. Uh, They voted me out of the church as their pastor. And the reason they did was because they claimed that I was a false gospel teacher. Now, that's the first time that's ever happened to me, ever, ever. Uh, In my ministry. But it came about from people that I, you know, to me, clearly the majority, including the former pastor, had no idea what the true gospel was all about. There's a church that typically, I, I, I give you, for instance, and again, I'm not beating up on them. I'm not telling you this because woe is me. But it is typical of what we see. This is a church that sat probably roughly with its pews. And its balcony, probably around 600 people, maybe 650. On a good Sunday, you may get 40 people, maybe on a good Sunday. Now, what's interesting, you look back and you see what some would call the heyday of this particular church, and, and churches other words. I've been to many different places, and, and you read the history and you wonder yourself what in the world has happened. Well, I, I really believe that the issue is really spiritual. What what happens today with so many people is they really believe that the answer comes about somehow somehow by doing something different physically, whether it's you know changing the way the building looks, changing the way we do certain things, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That that's somehow going to be the answer to the problem. And the truth of the matter is, it's not. See, what I have found, just just like the church I just left, I, I find that most people just don't want to hear the truth because they can't handle the truth. See, when it comes to the church, we have to come to some realizations about the church that most people just don't want to accept. And first and foremost, that when it comes to the church, Christ is the one. Jesus Christ himself created the church. The church belongs to him. Uh, In God's holy word, we are told very distinctively and carefully that when it comes to the church, that he is the head of the church. He is the supreme leader. And the reason why is because he's God. Jesus is God. He is the sovereign creator. He is the one who's created the church. And it belongs to him. Just like in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus said, I will build my church. He's the one who builds his church. He is the one who sustains his church. He is also the one who removes his church. Now I, I gotta, you know, want to be careful in the last one because there could be some people that are beginning to believe are you talking about the fact that they could lose their salvation, no. But if you understand what is being said in the book of Revelation that he's going to remove their lampstand unless they repent, and you begin to really do a good, wholesome study, you begin to realize that there are many churches out there. There are many people who gathered together at one time in history as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. Um, people who were called out of darkness into his marvelous light, those who were born from above, those who are the children of the living God. Because when we talk about a church, we're not talking about buildings, we're talking about people. But in the case of Revelation, we see that they were not doing what they were supposed to be doing as the church. And as a form of discipline, he was going to remove their lampstand. And I, I don't have the time right now to get into all of that, but I, it, but I think it's important to understand that Christ is the head of the church. So that means, as Christians, the first and foremost thing we must do, and I, I've been trying to teach this for years upon years, we have to go back to God's holy word. We have to go see exactly what we find within the pages of Scripture when it comes to his church what does he expect? What does the church look like? How does the church function? What's the structure of the church? Now, I've been hearing this argument for the last, oh my goodness, it's probably been the last couple years that people have been saying left and right that the Bible is descriptive and not prescriptive, which I totally disagree. What I believe is, is we need to look at passages— in their proper context, and we need to realize that there are areas, like for instance, when it comes to the church, the church is very specifically, it is descriptive as God himself gives to us what the church should look like, how it should function, what their leaders are to be about, and it is also prescriptive. This is what he wants us to do. Now, you know, last week when we were talking, you know, in one of the podcast shows we were talking about Uh, this whole thing with the United Methodist Church Conference, and female pastors, gay pastors, etc. Well, first of all, that's how we find from God's holy word what God desires. Like, for instance, what an elder, what a shepherd, what a pastor, a bishop, uh, which these words all connect and combine with each other, and they give us a picture in what that individual should look like. Well, first of all, we recognize it's a male. It's never a female. That's why many years ago, doing talk radio in different cities, a lot of people get angry at me. They get angry, and they say, you know, what? You know we have a female pastor. She does a wonderful job. And I've made it clear, it has, no, it has nothing to do whether or not a woman can do the job. What it has to do with is God's prescriptive, what, what he wants to give to us, this is what his church is to look like. And the truth of the matter is, the picture is male leadership. It's men who have to meet certain qualifications, characteristics. They have to demonstrate truly before others that they are uh, the men who adequately, uh, truly can fulfill the calling into ministry and be leaders of Christ's church. And by far, they can't be homosexual. They can't be living in sin. They cannot—I mean, mean, some things are just common sense— but again, this argument's been out there for years that, you know, we can't do it. Yeah. Yes, we can. That The Bible is not only descriptive, it's prescriptive. For us, the church, the body of Christ, the ones who are called the called-out ones, the assembly of the called-out ones, and uh, we have to follow the blueprint that Christ has given to us. It's not our church. It's his church. And, and again, when you start talking about things like this, i got to be honest with you. People just don't like it. People get upset. I mean, there have been times over the years where I have taken upon the role of helping churches, and I've been their pastor. And when I first met with them and began the talk, they would weep. I mean, the tears would flow down their cheeks, and oh, Pastor Marty, gotta help us. We just need you. We gotta, we gotta get back on the right track. And I made it clear to me, listen. <laughs> I'm not the savior of the church. I'm not the one to make. I'm not no super spiritual, you know, Superman coming flying in with a cape. And somehow, I'm going to make everything right. See, there, there's a mindset today, too. I find it interesting. Churches that are looking for a pastor, first of all, many of them really don't seek God on this issue, but they don't look to God's Word. What they want is they want a man who has the right look. They want a man who has the right voice. We want They want a man whose wife, maybe she can play the piano and do certain things. I mean, I could go on and on. Some of this is hilarious, but it's not. Because these people like some people think if we get a young pastor, that'll attract young people. And the more young people will come, the church will grow and yeah! or we get a charismatic guy who can just sweep people off with his words and the way he handles himself, you know, or someone that we could, you know, we could put up and put his picture everywhere and you know, people they'll think, Wow, look at that good looking preacher. That wanna come and, you know, or he talks well or he looks good on video. I mean, all this stuff that's nonsense. See, this is where the rubber meets the road, and some people just don't get it. And those same people that would cry and whine as you come and you try to help them, as you get into God's Word and you teach them, they're the same people that will show you the door. They will show you the exit and say, it's time for you to leave. Because, see, they don't want to do it God's way. They want to do it (laughs) their—same thing with worship. I mean, the truth of the matter is that that in itself can be a whole entire topic. But, you know, people think, well, if we just change the worship, the style of worship, people are different today. They like different music. If we could do that. Hey, listen, here is a heads up for everybody who's listening to this podcast. Listen to me carefully. Worship is not about you. And that's the thing that gets me. It's not about me we have church after church that is trying to put together and 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 really just putting together the perfect worship service so it will connect with the people in the pew that they themselves will sense God's presence they themselves will feel something they it will bring joy to them they will connect with it whatever the case may be so we 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 create something for them Worship has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with the audience of one, and that is God. See, we got that backwards today, too. And the reason why is because we have people that say, well, when it comes to the Bible, the Bible is just descriptive. It's not prescriptive. And so, you know, we are living in a day and age, you know, God's old. He's been around for a long time. He doesn't understand here in the 21st century how we do things. I mean, he's probably not even up on social media. <laughs> See, the truth of the matter is you don't have the proper knowledge and understanding about God in the first place. Because what has happened is we're not men and women of the word like we need to be. So it becomes this just mayhem, and I'm just being honest with you, it's mayhem when it comes to the church today. In, in the church today, there is, from the book of Acts to other epistles that have been written, there are distinctives when it comes to the church and what the church really—I mean, these are the characteristics of the church, and, and, and if you have these characteristics, truly you're the church. If you don't, you're not. Here's the key, real quick. Why are churches in trouble? Trouble? Why are they declining and flatlining? Because they're not healthy, spiritually speaking. They're not following God's word. They're trying to do their own thing. And Christ is not building the church. They're saying to Jesus, Jesus, we love you. But step aside for just a moment. We have some ideas. We have some new thoughts according to trends and what's going on in the culture. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then they like to say, but we're going to keep the message the same. You know what? That's hogwash too. Because the message is all that I hear today. Everywhere I seem to turn is messages that are geared towards the people. The message is not about you. The message is not supposed to be geared to make you feel good, to pat yourself on the back, or so that you can high five down the pews or the chairs, or that you can just, you know, jump up and down and hoot and holler. And, you know, you got your big shot of adrenaline, spiritual adrenaline for the day, and how you are so good and wonderful. And, you know, it's a great thing, and heaven's going to be a better place because you're going to be there someday. That's hogwash. Has nothing to do with that at all. It has to do with Christ Jesus, or Jesus who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the one who is to be high and lifted up. He is the one who is to be praised and honored. He is the one who is to be worshipped and glorified. Not us! Everything becomes about us today, about humans. And it's so wrong. It's just completely backwards. And I could go on and on, and as you could probably tell, it's one of my Run right on my pet peeves. You know, and I look at my notes here today and I came to the table. I was going to share some things and I've shared a little bit. I wanted to get into kind of a teaching session with you and I, I really haven't done so as much as I'd like. But the bottom line is the reason why these churches are in problem is because they're not biblical, they're not spiritually healthy, they're sick churches, they're in decline, they're not making disciples, they're not sharing the gospel. Somebody said to me the other day, Well, how could you be a Christian? and not make a disciple? My response was, that's the answer. They're probably not a Christian. See, the truth of the matter in the last day is, we will have the people who will have a form of godliness, an outward appearance. They'll say the right things. They'll do the right things. They'll they'll play the role. They'll come to church. They'll serve in the church. You know, they put on this appearance but they deny the power. See, there's no power in there because the Holy Spirit doesn't exist within them. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, I believe it is chapter 8, verse 9, if the Spirit of God is not in you, you don't belong to Christ. If the Spirit of God is not in you, you don't have any power. You don't have any desire. Uh, Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who's at work within you, to will in his to work for his good pleasure. It's God who's done. If God's not in you, if the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is truly not residing with you, you have not been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're not a child who's born again, born from above, who has the Spirit of God within you. Then bottom line is, guess what? You don't care to make disciples. You don't care to evangelize. You don't care to worship God in spirit and in truth. You don't care to love God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you don't care to love others as yourself. You don't care to obey his commandments. What you care about is you. You have a form of godliness. Oh, you may know where the scriptures and where to find them. So does the devil. You may go to church. I believe the devil even shows up at what we call church. You may do all kinds of things, but the truth of the matter is there's no power within you. And that's what's happening today. I think what we have today is just a reality that the gospel is not being preached, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. But the gospel, it's God's gospel. We don't even get the gospel right in many cases. I've been many places across America hearing what people call the gospel, and I sit and I go, what? What are you talking about, the gospel? What do you mean the gospel? I hear messages, and the preacher at the end of the service says, well, today you just heard the gospel. I literally want to stand up, and my wife, she takes my hand, and she digs kind of her fingernails lovingly into it and says, don't you dare. I want to say, where was the gospel, preacher? I didn't hear the gospel. What are you talking about? Wow, I could go on and on with this podcast. But the truth of the matter is there are things right within the Word of God And they are the answers, and we can find the answers. And whenever we truly stop playing church and being the church, when we stop looking at ourselves and look to Christ, look to his word, and we confess our sin and repent, and truly turn to him, and we say to Jesus, it's your church, we belong to you, we are the church, what do you want from us? And we're willing to follow what he has laid out, descriptively and prescriptively, we take the prescription, we take it in, then we will see the bride. We will see the light that shines in the darkness. We will see the bride that is being prepared for the groom. We will see the body of Christ functioning at its its capacity to such a degree that the world will be awestruck. Will take us back to the examples that we have within the pages of Scripture. We will be the church instead of playing the church. I hope this helps a little bit, and I know I was quite passionate here today on the Marty Minto Show podcast, but I'm very passionate about this whole entire issue. Hey, by the way, if you'd like for me to come to visit your church uh, to speak, to do revival as some call it, whatever the case may be, or bring a conference on church growth or on the gospel, uh, on a Christian apologetics, whatever the case may be, all you got to do is email me, MartyMinto at gmail.com. I'm not doing this and sharing this with you to kind of be, you know, just uh, for it's about me, but I do my best to help churches, to help them understand, you know what, it's God's way. It's not our way. That's the problem. And if you're unhealthy— and truly not being and following God's ways biblically, scripturally, you are going to be a church that is going to be plateauing and declining. It's eventually going to happen. It's going to come to a point in place where you're going to eventually maybe be forced, as many of these churches are, with a sign for sale or closing their doors because they can no longer keep the doors open. Well, folks, again, Listen to this podcast. Listen a couple times. Tell your friends. Tell your loved ones, your co workers. And you know what? I'd love to hear from you. Email me, Marty Minto. That's Marty with a Y. Mintos, M I N T O. Marty Minto at gmail.com. Uh, and again, keep up the date on Facebook, on Twitter, and on uh, Instagram of what exactly is taking place with the Marty Minto Show podcast. But until next time, may God bless you and may you have a wonderful day. And remember that. It's Christ church. He created it. He builds it. He sustains it. And he removes it, if necessary. By the way, I want to say once again thank you to Apologetics, that great Christian parody band, for allowing us uh, to be a part, and them being a part, of the Marty Minto Show podcast. All the music that you hear here uh, is from Apologetics, and I would encourage you to check them out online. Apologetics, last three letters, T-I-X, Apologetics com. Have them come to your church or gathering or something that you're going to do in the community. Uh, you, won't, you won't be disappointed. They love the Lord. They're great musicians. They get some great songs with some great messages, and we really, truly appreciate it. Until next time, the Lord bless you. Thanks for stopping by. An apologetic show that doesn't apologize for the truth. The Marty Mento Show. your courage up There is this road in Damascus that you must go down Got a rendezvous